All right, welcome back to this week's Walk and Talk, where we're going to be discussing the explosive events going on around the world at the moment. This is just building and building upon all of these other events that we have been talking about. So we're walking the Silverburn Trail today down to Silverdale on the Isle of Man. And I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on all of these protests that have been going on. They are predominantly across Europe, I would say. I've also seen them in the US and Canada. The UK is seeing the largest protests at the moment. Please tell me your thoughts over everything happening with Israel and Gaza or Palestine at the moment. But the media is obviously lying about a lot of these things, the Western media in particular. So I saw an article that said 10,000 protesters went through London last Saturday. Uh, this is completely uh, not true whatsoever. I checked all the streams on TikTok and X and some of the live streams and it looked to me to be at least 100,000 people. There's no way it was only 10,000 people. And we've got a lot of videos here you can see showing you these protests that are basically tearing apart the fabric of society in Western countries right now. And these are the videos that the media doesn't want you to see. This is why they are taken down from these alternative media platforms very, very quickly as soon as they are reposted. And we're also seeing division in political parties as well. We're seeing division in the UK Labour Party at the moment over the stance around all of this. I think Keir Starmer said some comments which he obviously regrets now, not taking into account the Labour Party is a very diverse party and that he didn't want to call for a ceasefire on Palestine. He didn't want to make that call. He's refused to do it. I don't know by the time this video comes out if he will have done it by now, but um, I'm very surprised knowing his party demographics that he hasn't called for this ceasefire at the moment. And this has all happened very, very quickly from the public outcry towards the Israeli people just a couple of weeks ago when that attack happened, which I made a video on where I was just basically saying that it didn't add up. A lot of the things that took place did not add up, like those guys taking out a tank with an AK-47, like a, a tractor or a bulldozer getting through the defense unnoticed and all this sort of stuff. So that's why I'm trying not to talk about the topic too much because I don't want to get the channel deleted. Oh, we've got a big tree down here. This wasn't down the last time I came through. But there's going to be another big protest this weekend in London. And we know it's going to be big because the US government put out a warning to all US citizens around the world, but predominantly in London, in the UK, saying to avoid London this weekend. 
because they said there's going to be a protest of 100,000 people through um, London. And they said that Americans need to be careful. Now, I don't think it is going to be 100,000. I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was more like a million people. Some of you on the channel may even be there at the protest. I don't know. I would love to know your thoughts in the comments. But the US government did put out this warning. I'm just going to read it out to you here. Uh, so it's a, yeah, it's just a headline about a warning for US citizens. It said there's a demonstration. It's called the Palestine Solidarity Campaign calling for a ceasefire. Uh, the location is starting from Victoria Embankment and is ending at Parliament Square. US citizens in London are adv advised to avoid the area. And I really do think that the size of this protest has got the government and the media in a period where they don't know what to do. That's what I'm seeing at the moment. I don't think they expected based on the last three years, how people just went along with everything they said. I don't think they've expected this level of pushback where, well, you look at the Western medias, they've taken a side straight away based on the initial event, which was an attack on Israel. But since then, if you look at what's been happening, it's been a large-scale bombing campaign. And that's where you sort of seen the public, the public sentiment flip. So seeing all those pictures of civilians, you know, dead civilians, um, kids and all sorts, you're starting to see this sentiment flipping now. And I think that the media either miscalculated this, the, 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 even the government miscalculated this. They just, I don't think they expected the sort of public outcry that we're seeing. And you might be wondering, well, why are there so many people on the streets? Well, we've talked about this a lot, and this is all to do with the changing demographic of European countries. I'm looking down so much today because it's super muddy and slippery here. We just had a lot of rain overnight. But you look at the demographic changes now in these European countries, and I've, I've pulled up some of the statistics for you. And in France then, the, well, in Europe, France has the largest population of Muslims. I know that there are a lot of Muslims that watch my channel, subscribe to my channel. I know that there are people who are Jewish that watch my channel. I know there's a lot of Christians that watch my channel, Hindus and Sikhs and all sorts of other faiths. And, and you all know my position on this sort of stuff anyway. I don't side with governments. I don't side with media. I don't side with any of that sort of stuff. I side with humanity and with people and civilians. So what we now have then is in the UK, the Muslim population of the UK went from 4.9% in 2011 up to 6.5%, 3.9 million in 2021. And it's estimated to be about 7% of the population of the UK now in 2023. So that is why you're seeing such heavy protests in London and why I wouldn't be surprised if it was over a million people this weekend that are going to be marching through London. And I've got to say the one thing that concerns me is that if you look back through history and we look at when we had periods of, say, civil war, there was a civil war in the US not too long ago, on a historical perspective at least, and you look at what happened there, you had two sides who had a massive all-out fight. That was two sides within the same country. 
well, what if we have something like that happening in the UK and in Europe now? Sorry, I forgot to mention, France is the largest, then it's Germany, then it's the UK, then it's Netherlands, then it's Spain. So those are the five countries with the largest uh, Muslim population now. So, yeah, what if we did see some sort of conflict? Because the governments have made it very clear, the politicians have made it very clear whose side they are on, as opposed to calling for a ceasefire, opposed to, you know, trying to have some peace talks and things like things like that, trying to find a, a uh, you know, more peaceful resolution, as it were. Because remember, I know this isn't popular opinion, and people don't like it when I talk about these things, but it is all about money. It is all about the weapon manufacturers who get huge amounts of money. And even around when this whole thing, this new conflict kicked off, the weapon stocks, if you look at what happened with the stocks, and you look at the politicians investing in those stocks, well, you've now got bias. You've got a financial bias there, a profitability bias. And I think they should have to make it public that if they have bought into weapon stocks, defense stocks as it's called, and if they do have financial interest, I think they have to make it public as politicians. But as I keep saying, I think the West is doomed anyway. I think the West is in for some major, major issues as we go forward. And we've even had some data out over the last week. And this is the fastest growing economies that are expected for 2024. Not one Western country is among these growing economies, the fastest growing. In fact, the predominant number of these countries are in Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia and Africa. We've got one uh, Guyana in uh, South America. But apart from that, in fact, let me just pull up the stats here. Oh, the sun is is uh, blazing today. Actually, let's move over here. That sun is super bright. Let's get a little bit of tree cover. Yeah, so number one then is Macau, so Southeast Asia. Number two is Guyana, which is South America. Palau, again, Southeast Asia. Niger, isn't that interesting? Niger, who just had a coup. Senegal, Libya, Rwanda, Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, again, another uh, coup country. Benin, India, Gambia, yeah, none of these countries. And then you get to the bottom, so 1920, there's your Philippines, Vietnam, and then the world average is 2.9%. So you can see where the growth is going to be. So I certainly won't be looking to pull all of my investments in a Western country when you can see the growth rates of some of these other countries. It's just knowing how to actually enter the, into these countries to make the investments, to take advantage of this massive growth because it's going to need capital. Growth always needs capital. So again, that's a little uh, tip for you there you could start looking into, especially if you have any family or relatives or you have any connections or insights with any of these countries, you could get a better return potentially than what you could get in the West. Now, another opportunity that I think we've got coming up is this growing middle class. So I pulled up this infographic as well. 113 million people will enter the global consumer class, so that's the middle class, in 2024. And that's ironic because if you actually plot that against the US and some of the other Western countries middle class, 
where people are falling out of the middle class into the working class again or, or poverty for a lot of people it's unbelievable i won't go into it again today because i've talked about the stats on poverty in western countries but it's unbelievable the level of poverty now that we're seeing and it's growing people are falling out of the middle class into the poverty class but yeah if we look at this then india is going to be the largest contributor to the middle class then it's going to be china uh, indonesia bangladesh vietnam and then we've got all of these other countries as well so this is where this is again where you're going to see a lot of growth for some of you i know have businesses or you sell products and things into certain countries well we're already seeing a shift with business with products with inventories we're already seeing this shift now especially forced through by the BRICS nations where a lot of the growth is actually moving it's moving to these other countries and you're going to have a, a much bigger market soon this, the waterfall is going strong today that's because we've had a little bit of rain overnight and also remember that OPEC plus is delivering a lot less oil to Western nations than they were before because they can use this oil for themselves they need a lot of energy for their own growth all of these fossil fuels natural gas oil etc they need it for their own growth and that's why they're using it quite heavily as well so that's going to help to grow their GDP versus the Western GDP which is going to struggle a lot more unless they start to bring in a lot more energy and renewables are ramping up quite a lot I was looking at the report today and it's I would say I don't know if impressive is the right word but let's just use that for now it's impressive the amount of renewables that have come online and how much energy we're getting from them now but I still don't think it's ever going to replace what we could get from oil and natural gas and coal and things like that there's people who think there's going to be a hundred percent replacement they are they are dreaming i don't mean that to be rude but they are dreaming i don't think we'll ever replace these things with renewables a hundred percent you know solar and wind and stuff like that and the other thing that surprises me as well like on an island such as this where you've got all this water i just showed you that waterfall there and they don't take advantage of hydroelectric I mean that's what I'm going to do on my property straight away so I'm surprised they're not taking advantage of all of this water that they've got there's just rivers everywhere around the island and you'd expect them to capitalize on this I'm not sure if I've showed you this before but this is the the monk's well I don't know how old this is but it's thousands of years anyway it says in memory of our ancestors who through the long ages came to this well and here in simple faith made prayers and vows with humble offerings so this became a holy place and you can see the water flows through here and then disappears into the ground and goes out to the river there so let's just end then with uh, we got a couple of interesting stories then there's boycott calls at the moment boycott calls on UFC ultimate fighting championships after they've agreed to allow Bud Light to be their sponsor so it looks I mean I, I don't know where this has come from Bud Light must have offered them a ridiculous large amount of money 
for Dana White, etc., for them to agree for Bud Light to be their sponsor after the whole Dylan Mulvaney situation. So I was pretty amazed at that today. We're going to have to see how that goes. That was the first one that was a bit of a strange one. The other one was the statistic. 68% of US service members are now obese or overweight. So this has doubled in the last decade. And they've even started to omit the data from medical reports. This is what it says, of course, from Zero Hedge. They have now omitted the data from medical reports and they're starting to remove it from requirements. I don't know if that is true because the military always has physical fitness requirements, but they are basically saying that in the future it won't really matter because wars are going to be fought differently. And that made me say, okay, what do they know here that we don't know? What uh, exactly is going to be different in the future? And then the last article was UK meat consumption at the lowest uh, level since records began. And they're saying this is due to lifestyle changes. Yeah, that's one way to describe it, lifestyle changes. Uh, do they mean that people have got no money anymore uh, to buy meat, which has gone up significantly in price? If that's what they mean by lifestyle changes, then yeah, the UK has seen a lot of uh, lifestyle changes. Now, this was the other statement it said, despite a trend of reduced meat consumption over a decade, experts say that the reduction rate is still insufficient to meet the UK's dietary targets by 2030. Do you honestly believe that they are dietary targets by 2030? Hmm, we've oh, heard that that year before, 2030. Hmm, I'm sure there's other targets for 2030. Well, it's been very quiet for today's walk. I haven't seen a single person, not one single person on today's walk. Well, I hope you enjoyed it at least, because I did. It's absolutely beautiful today. I might just grab five minutes, sit on that seat with the, uh, with the sun blasting me. And uh, apart from that, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a subscriber to the channel. Really appreciate you. God bless you. God bless your family. And I will see you next week. Bye for now.